This WBEZ podcast is supported by the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Suicide is a topic that hides in the shadows. It's time we talk away the dark, learn how to spot the warning signs for suicide, and how you can have an open, caring, real conversation to help save lives. Visit the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention to watch the new short film and learn more at AFSP.org slash talkawaythedark. This WBEZ podcast is supported by Ravinia, with over 100 concerts under the stars this summer, including Daryl Hall and Elvis Costello, Nora Jones with special guest Mavis Staples, the Beach Boys with special guest John Stamos, Shaggy and TLC, Jason Isbell and the 400 Unit, the Chicago Symphony Orchestra, and more. Their 30-acre park is nestled in a gently wooded area. Bring your own picnic or eat at one of the park restaurants. Tickets available now only at ravinia.org. Hi, I'm Jen White, and this is Reset. Chicago is filled with people working hard to make the city a better place to live for all its residents. Sometimes those efforts are noticed and even rewarded. Right now, six groups are competing for the Chicago Prize presented by the Pritzker Traubert Foundation. It's a $10 million grant competition aimed at leveraging this type of work and investing in the economic future of some Chicago neighborhoods. One of the finalists is Go Green Racine, an Inglewood Rising project. It's led by Rami Meshashibi, executive director of Iman, that's the Inner City Muslim Action Network, and Aisha Butler, executive director of the Resident Association of Greater Inglewood. Rami, Aisha, welcome to Reset. Thank you. Thank you for having us. So first of all, congratulations on being a finalist for the Chicago Prize. Aisha, how did you feel when you got the news that you were one of the six finalists? I was utterly shocked. Um, I wasn't really sure if we were going to get that far. Every phase of the competition, we celebrated. Um, And so when we got that last phase of being finalists, we just continued to celebrate. Rami, what about for you? Yeah, we were elated. I mean, I think this has been work that we've been doing together for over a decade um, and have had extraordinary visions for a while of especially this particular intersection as symbolic of all of the work that we've been doing uh, in in very powerful ways. So to get that news was such a powerful affirmation and uh, just something that has kind of driven us into overdrive, really, around uh, what it's going to take to make all of this uh, materialize one way or the other. Well, I want to hear about the proposal in broad terms. What is Go Green on Racine? You know, Go Green on Racine is really this vision for a catalytic investment project that is grassroots development from the ground up um, that in many ways has over a $100 million vision of development on 63rd and Racine that ultimately we hope will result in the opening up of a, a closed green line stop there at 63rd and Racine. But it uh, it starts with uh, a more uh, modest set of critical projects. Uh, one anchor project is a, a fresh market, kind of radically reimagining what the corner store could look like. Uh, a holistic market, a, a multi-development a of a mixed-use development and a holistic recycling hub out of a closed school, all right there on that intersection of 63rd and Racine. Uh, the idea is that all of those developments together, coupled with our collective organizing and our work, and particularly those who are doing the work, 
can be the type of, uh, again, catalytic investment that will lead to greater uh, investment in in that particular intersection. Well, Rami mentioned the intersection where this work is focused, 63rd and Racine. Did you choose this spot, Asia, because the Green Line shut down there? Or, or were there other things that led you to choosing this specific location? No, we were already working at 63rd and Racine. It's a co-op, a healthy, fresh market that was opening anyway. E.G. Woods is also already doing entrepreneurship things right there next to that intersection. That's another uh, partner Yeah, in the another project. partner in the mm-hmm. project. And so the Green Line was just always something through our work over the decades that we talked about how do we really have a campaign to advocate on getting that open. So that was one of the things. But the fact we were already rooted there at 63rd and Racine, it just made sense to just align together and really um, propose this for the prize. Mm -hmm. What's interesting about the Chicago Prize is is that all six of the finalists were already doing this work. (laughs) It's just this opportunity to build and and connect the dots between the work other organizations are doing and kind of take this more collective action approach. I want to play a bit from your application Mm -hmm. video. This is Artemis, a spoken word (laughs) poet and member of Iman, talking about the intersection. A lot of work has been happening to build Englewood back up. For decades now, this community and this intersection at 63rd and Racine have been neglected. Grocery stores left, department stores left, public schools were closed, houses were foreclosed and abandoned, and then they shut down the Green Line Station at 63rd and Racine. Together, we're making this important intersection into a green hub that will continue to spur real investment throughout Englewood for years to come. Aisha, talk about how the partnership between Rage and Iman came together for the prize. We were already partners in so much work. We've done a lot of work in Inglewood, particularly around um, fresh markets and with the corner stores, having access to better food. And we've done smoothies. We've done things in the summer together. So really what happened is we were on a plane to Aspen, (laughs) Colorado. Me and both Rami were going to Aspen Ideas Week. And um, we were all being approached about the prize. And so I said, Rami, you know, are you, what's going on with the prize? Are you guys going for it? He said, yeah. And we were going to contact Rage to be a partner. I said, well, we're going to contact you guys to, to do this all together. So that's really how it was. We're already in these conversations. We're already doing it. So we just said, why would we do several applications around the prize when we could just really, really put all our energy into this one together? And that, and so with us, we already have a theme of Inglewood Rising. This is Inglewood Rising 2.0, Inglewood Rising Together. So that's really what made us say... All of us have these strengths as organizations, have a long history of grassroots work in Inglewood. This is the best opportunity to do it together. Rami, talk about the demographics of the area. Well, you know, the interesting thing about Inglewood, obviously, the residential kind of makeup of Inglewood still is predominantly African-American. But alongside that history, you know, uh, and our partners that are not here at the table currently, Teamwork Inglewood and Cecile's leadership has been really critical in mapping the history of Inglewood. You know, uh, when my grandfather first came as a refugee, a Palestinian refugee, the first home he bought was right there on 65th and Loomis, right across the street my he has eight millimeter film of my you know my family growing up my mother playing in in Ogden Park right there Mm -hmm. 
And, you know, Inglewood is a very different place in the 50s. It was a thriving metropolis, you know, outside of the downtown district. It was perhaps one of the most concentrated, thriving commercial districts in the city. And in fact, in the country, outside of a central business district, you had more lines running up and down 63rd. Over the years, though, of course, with disinvestment and migration outside of the city, both black middle class or other communities, white flight, um, you, you started to see a dynamic where outside the large percentage of African-American community residents, you had a predominant number of Arab-owned stores, gas stations, corner stores, fish stores, uh, cell phones. And those relationships sometimes were really fraught with the type of tensions that you see in a movie like Do the Right Thing, where kind of a middleman minority group is in a the presence of a community that's just getting along on razor-thin margins. We've known from the beginning that the dynamic, thriving history of Inglewood is still a possibility in a way that doesn't displace local residents, that still honors who is there and does so in a way that lifts up and celebrates the community in an organically grassroots-led development way. And I think that's what we're doing. So each of our developments is not just about these extraordinary infrastructure pieces that we're building, but it's about who's building them, who's benefiting from them, and how do we bring kind of our partners from across the Chicagoland area in partnering neighborhoods like Marquette Park or in other parts of the larger Chicagoland community in a way that lifts up all of the extraordinary, dynamic Englewood residents that are currently there. And you should talk about yeah. the community voice in this in this project. How how important was it to, to have them centered in this and say, hey, uh, this is what we need. This is what we think will make our community stronger. Yeah, that actually probably was the most simple part about the um about our prize and about our proposal because we've done quality of life plans. We've done the green and healthy neighborhood plan. We've done a school repurposing plan. So their voices is all through the project. And so we looked at it and said, oh, yeah, we did say for a vacant school, these are some of the types of things that we would like to see there. We do know that jobs and economics is so important. Regardless of what you do in that area, people have to get to work. We also know that we have a huge population of returning citizens. And so the fact that Iman is already doing a green entry house by house renovation, this was the opportune time to put their voices right back in and continue with this project. We also made sure that the model that we did with Whole Foods with community voice with that development. That was a huge development that all of us at the table had our voice in there. That's why it's 38 African-American entrepreneurs there. That's why we do our five at the five. That's why the store is even designed in a way because our voices were so loud and folks at Whole Foods listen. So now this is an opportunity to just take those voices, amplify those voices, and then show people in Inglewood that your plans, your ideas, your thoughts, your vision has not fell on deaf ears. Mm. We continue to work because we keep thinking that it's falling on deaf ears. And this is an opportunity, that light that's going to shine at 63rd and Racine is really reassuring residents. Your time was not wasted. Your ideas are important. And we're going to do this right. And you guys are going to be with us every step of the way. Rami, part of this plan is that each of the finalists gets $100,000. 
while we're waiting to find out who the finalists are. How are you all using that seed money? So we're using it right now really to support the infrastructure to drive this, to do some of the additional architectural renderings, the plans. Um, You know, this is both about being bold and audacious about the vision, which we have no shortage of that among our partners, uh, but also about being very granular and practical about what happens uh, really every single week as we lead up both to the actual announcement, but right afterwards. We should say that, listen, either uh, we, we are very humbled to be in the company of five other extraordinary projects, and we love each and every one of them. We do feel something is very significant and special about Inglewood. I mean, you know, you think about uh, recently among the studies talking about discrepancy, perhaps one of the most stark ones was the discovery, I think, earlier this summer that Inglewood has the longest, when we start talking about the largest life expectancy in the country uh, in terms of distance between one part of the city and the other, we see it in Inglewood. And and so we will be using the $100,000 to really think about, irrespective of what comes of the actual announcement, that we're forging forward with this vision because we're committed to it. We're starting breaking ground already on the uh, Anchor Project this month, later this month. And one way or the other, we're going to continue to move forward, and we want to make sure that we're using those resources very effectively to position ourselves to speak to a number of people, not only in the Chicagoland area, but across the country who see the symbolism in our project to understand the resonance of getting it right in Inglewood is not only getting it right in the rest of the city, but really in many ways getting it right across the country for these type of discrepancies that exist in one way or the other in many urban neighborhoods across America. H. I I want to make sure we, we get into the specifics of the plan. You mentioned uh, the co-op, yeah. uh, which will provide fresh, healthy foods for the community. What are some yes. other parts of the proposal? So the co-op, is that's the anchor project. And then you also have a mixed-use um, development from E.G. Woods. E.G. Woods is already a collective of entrepreneurs. And many of the entrepreneurs that engage with E.G. Woods do not have a space to do work. Most entrepreneurs work nine to five. It's no hub in Inglewood that is open 24 hours. So we really want this kind of robust mixed-use incubator that's going to be right next to the Green Line Station, as well as housing. We know housing is also an issue. We know people are looking for affordable housing. So we're going to add that as well. And then the other part of the project is the school. So when we was doing school repurposing work, it was very, very difficult to get a tenant or either get an anchor or someone to work alongside us with these vacant spaces. So the fact that we're really looking at this recycling hub and have a partner who is extremely excited to do this and want to put in the work because he sees he or she sees a larger vision um, is very helpful. And then outside of that, um, we're definitely pushing very hard of the North Star, which is the Green Line reopening. That's not necessarily a project we're going to redevelop, but we're going to advocate. If all of this action is happening right here at this um, epicenter of 63rd and Racine, we we have to get this stop open. And so those are the main key projects, the co-op, the repurposing of the school as a recycling hub, and then the mixed-use development. And and what would the reopening of that stop mean? In many ways, it's not only the reopening of a stop, it's the reopening of extraordinary possibility. It's a, We're talking about anywhere from a 70 to $80 million development, as most stops are. It provides additional construction, additional you know job opportunities, and just something that kind of brings life and dynamism back to that particular intersection. Uh, it's been done in other parts of the city. Uh, we feel like, you know, when the time is right in Washington, D.C., that 
type of transportation development dollars will also be available. We know even people like Congressman Garcia, who sits on that committee in D.C., has expressed tremendous interest. We're talking to other folks here uh, who are interested in transportation development opportunities who also think about disparity, right? Where have we spent transportation development dollars in a city like Chicago? What lines and what stops typically end up getting the dollars? So we are very convinced that eventually if we increase the density and all the other types of things and make a campaign that above and beyond anything else, this stop deserves to be open. Just the moral outrage alone of having a closed stop that kind of uh, just contributes to the dilapidation and contributes to the to the kind of sense that there's nothing worth stopping here for. Um, that symbolism, I think, is also really important. And it's why I think this project with its leadership of youth voices, of artists, of organizers, returning citizens, has also been part of its dynamism, that you have people who have been most directly affected by these issues of disinvestment being the loudest voices supporting uh, the project from the get-go. So the op- reopening of this Green Line stop is is a goal. Why was it important to really center this idea of going green in the proposal, Asia? <laughs> well, for us, when we first started having the conversation about what this looks like, everything we were doing was around wellness and health. And we thought about it, when you think about green, it's a symbol of abundance, it's the park, it's the green space, it's energy efficient. So it just made sense that, and that it's the green line, it just all made sense to really, really be thinking about all those tenants as we as we build out the project. When we first started this, we looked at racing in general, and this is a family-friendly corridor. It is really from 55th through 76th, Families are at a skating rink, a park, a school, um, a library. And so we just want to make sure if we start at 63rd in racing, how do we continue this greenness along the racing corridor? And, and Rami, $10 million, um, and, and speaking with another finalist, they said it's a lot of money, but then it's also not a lot of money. Right. So if you do win the $10 million grant, how far will that go to seeing these projects through? What's been really extraordinary, even in this short interim period, we've already lined up several million dollars in possible leveraging dollars. Um, you know, we know that, again, the project in no, uh, uh, you know, no exaggeration is more of a $100 million vision, the one that we're talking about. Uh, and we know that there are partners out there, both in the private sector and public sector partners, not only in Chicago, but even outside of Chicago, that believe in this vision, that are talking to us right now. So we know that this $10 million ideally will get enough started to continue to leverage the additional resources and energy and make sure, again, that this development is driven really from the, the grassroots up to kind of realize this type of ambitious vision. We know it's possible. And when can we look uh, forward to the Inglewood Fresh Market Co-op opening? Well, God willing, uh, you're going to, you know, by, by the fall, yeah. we say, inshallah, you know. and But, you know, the uh, groundbreaking will be uh, February 27th, and you'll see green reentry graduates lined up who are going to be part of this construction. Ujama is one of our GCs that we're working with alongside our partners from Teamwork Inglewood, Ray, GG Woods. It's going to be a celebratory moment, one that's going to engage the community. So we encourage you to come to the groundbreaking. And, and Asia, just really quickly as we wrap up here, what would this mean for residents of Inglewood, if you win the prize or if you're, because I know the hope is that dollars will be leveraged, even for the the people who don't win that $10 million grant, that this will open up the door to other opportunities for funding. But what will it mean to see this this come to fruition? Yeah, I mean, I think it was very similar to 63rd and Halstead. When you have an intersection that you remember 
that you took the bus, you got on a train, you went to the candy store, the corner store. To see this happen, I think more residents was, oh, you know what? Racing is important. This is a corridor that we frequent. You know, we love this area. So I think for us, all of these plans and ideas and thoughts are really infused right there. And I think the the spirit that we've been saying with Inglewood Rising is a spiritual awakening more so. And so I think that spiritual awakening would just be contagious to everyone within that area. You know, I, I know for us, we were so excited just to submit, you know. And so at that point, residents felt so um, humbled by the experience. So now if we get it, um, we're just going to keep going. That's Aisha Butler, <laughs> Executive Director of Resident Association of Greater Inglewood, or RAGE. Also with us, Rami Nashashibi, Executive Director of Inner City Muslim Action Network, or Iman. Their proposal, Go Green on Racine and Inglewood Rising Project, is up for the $10 million Chicago Prize Grant. Thanks to both of you, and good luck. Thank you. And that's today's Reset. To hear about the other finalists for the Chicago Prize, go to wbez.org slash reset or do a web search for Reset and Chicago Prize. I'm Jen White. Thanks for listening, and let's talk again soon. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.